instruction. You all know you're supposed to read First Peter how many times? Five times. All right, there you go. So I want you all to to start reading First Peter. I want y'all to read through First Peter five times. It will help you um, as we work our way through the the text. It will help you um, to remember it, to understand it. There's going to be things that may stick out in your mind. You maybe may have questions about. It'll also help you as you all as we work our way through the series. So I want us to. I want us to start this introduction and I'm going to give you, uh, shall I say, my nerd warning at the top. We're talking about persecution, right? This is what we're suffering or struggling, right? As we are work, working out, as we're going to work our way through First Peter. And one of the things I think is, is important for us to do, because we don't do it very often, um, is to put things within their historical context. One of the greatest problems of the church is that from generation to generation, particularly with you know like Baptist churches like ours and, 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 and more modern churches, is that we have divorced ourselves from church history and what we have, have been through in the church historically, right? And so we tend to, from generation to generation, we keep trying to evolve in order to keep up with the times, and that is a losing uh, uh, proposition. It's important that we take time to uh, remember the context that Peter is writing from. Peter is not writing from the perspective of you're going through things every day. Your car broke down. That's suffering. <laughs> okay. Your hot water heater stopped working and you had to take a cold shower. That is pain and suffering. Okay. That is not the context in which Peter is writing to us. Now, it's important that we, that we don't uh, belittle the, the small struggles and sufferings that we go through. Because what I want us to see as we work through First uh, Peter is that God oftentimes uses the small struggles and the lesser sufferings that we go through to prepare us for the bigger sufferings that we will, we will face. And so I want us to, to take uh, just a short amount of time as for this introduction to try to, to look at the historical context that the church faced at that time for suffering and how that relates to us today and what it means for our lives today. All right. So one of the things that I, 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 I want to point out is that the persecution of the church and this will be a little controversial, but I still have to touch on it. It just is what it is. It's historically true. Okay. The persecution of the church was not usually about religion. The church was not always persecuted because of their religious views. Usually the church was persecuted because of their political stance and because their cultural stance. So, um, again, I'm going to touch on different things that led, led up to Christian persecution, starting with, with what took place during the time of the apostles. Now, remember, Jesus was crucified in the early 30s, right? And so when Rome conquered nations, because we know that Rome was the ruling power of this, okay? You all, I see people, they let me take my notes, all right? Th this is not going to be a, a real note day, all right? But you still write it down, you know, if, if, if you like. But we'll, we'll jump into the scriptures next time, all right? Um, but Rome, when they conquered a nation, right, um, they really did not care if you worshiped other gods, you were okay with worshiping your other gods as long as you added to that worship the worship of the emperor. You, sh you could worship any god, well, I was about to say, or no god, but that's not true. You had to worship a god, right? You could worship any god you chose. And the reason I say you could not worship in, you could worship no God is because they believed that Christians worshiped no God 
because they didn't have a physical idol or something that they worshiped, right? So they Christians were originally called atheists because they did not have a physical God to worship, okay? So, and this is one of the reasons that they first began to be persecuted, because they were atheists, so to speak. So, so as long as you worship the emperor in addition to worshiping your other gods, you were cool. The government did not care. Now, there was only one group of people who was ever granted exemption from this rule of having to worship the emperor, and that group was the Jews. Now, remember, this is significant because the Roman Empire stretched all the way from North Africa, um, today what we call Algeria, all the way to India. It included Persia, Britain, everything, okay? Um, And so they had this vast land that they had to keep in check. And only one group in all of their history did they allow exemption to not have to worship the emperor, and that is the Jews. And that is the only reason that they allowed that was because they were tired of killing them. The Jews would rather allow their blood to soak the entire land of Palestine rather than worship someone other than their God. And the the Romans got tired of slaughtering them people that they just say, okay, listen, as long as y'all stay quiet, don't cause any problems, you just do what you want. Now, that was a great proposition for Christians because the original Christians were also Jews. And so uh, originally, Jews, Christians did not have a problem with, uh, with the Roman government. It was not until Jews started to say, they're not one of us, right? And particularly when the Roman citizens came in and, and destroyed the temple, right? Remember the, in AD 70, but Jesus prophesied in, in Matthew that, that one day they're going to come, they're going to knock down the entire temple. There will not be one stone standing on top of another, right? And the disciples said, well, tell us when this will be. He doesn't tell them when. That happened in AD 70. When Rome marched into the city, they knocked down the temple, and because the walls of the temple were coated with gold, they didn't realize, well, if you set the the temple on fire, the gold is going to melt. And so the, mel- the gold melted in between the walls, and then to fulfill Jesus' prophecy, they knocked down every single stone and scraped the gold off the walls. Now, what led up to that was in AD 64, the Jews rebelled, and they had to come in and they had to uh, put down this rebellion. And Christians, because they didn't want the persecution, they fled the city. And the Jews felt that the Christians were now traitors, and so they said, you're not one of us. Now, once they barred Christians from being a sect of, of Judaism, that presented a problem with the Roman government. Because the Jews were exempt from following the rule because they were isolated. They stayed to themselves. They, didn't, they were a closed group. They weren't really proselytizing, bringing other people in. They, they stayed to themselves. But that's not what Christians did. (laughs) The Roman government was obsessed with unity. They had people from North Africa to Persia, which is Iran, all the way to India, all the way to Britain. And they had to figure out, how do we keep all of these people together? You have different races. You have different religions. You have different cultures. How do we keep all of these people together? And they figured out the way to keep all of these people together was to have one religion that everyone adhered to. And that one religion, quite naturally, would be the worship of the emperor. Rome was considered, the the, the Roman spirit was considered a god, and the emperor embodied this Roman spirit. So if you, if you worship me, all you got to do is once a year just go into my temple, offer a pinch of salt, I mean a, a pinch of incense, and say uh, something they stole from us, Caesar is Lord. Not Jesus is Lord. 
no, 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 no. You have, they stole it from us, but you have to go and burn incense to me and say, Caesar is Lord. And as long as you do that, you can do whatever else you want the rest of the year. Just once a year. That's just a small price to pay for your freedom, right? Burn some incense and say Caesar is Lord. Now, again, there's only two groups of people who never complied with this order. <laughs> and one of them was exempt from persecution. The other was not. And the only reason that Christians, this became a problem for Christians, is because Jews, even though they would not follow this law, they stayed in their own bubble. But Christians would not follow the order, and then they kept evangelizing other people. So now you have people who are Jews and Africans and Iranians and Persians and and people from India, people from all over the empire are now saying, no, 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 I, I will not worship Caesar. I will not burn the incense because only Jesus is Lord. And so that presented a problem not only for the Romans, it also presented a problem for the Christians because those who would comply with the order were seen as loyal to the government. And those who would not comply with the order were deemed to be enemies of the state, they had to be killed. We cannot allow dissent. So, all of these things continued to happen. Christians were not only viewed as suspicious by the government, but their fellow citizens started to view them with suspicion as well. Not only would they not worship the emperor and claim uh, to be loyal to the government, but they took very seriously the fact that God said, you are to be holy because I am holy. And the word holy simply means to be different. They needed to be different from everyone else that was around them. Now, what did that look like for them to be different during this time period? We have to remember that ancient cultures during this time had a God for everything. They had a God for the volcanoes that they had to pray to so that the volcanoes wouldn't erupt and kill people, right? They had a God for the rain. They had a God for the crops. They had millions of gods, right? Now, rejecting these gods would make you a social misfit. Remember, I said you could worship any God you wanted to. You could not just not worship any God at all. You had to worship somebody because if you made these gods mad, they might withhold the rain and you would starve. They might blow up the volcano <laughs> and you would die. Okay? So you had to worship somebody so that you could appease them and things would go well for you. So Christians, they decided not to worship these gods. Do you remember we went through 1 Corinthians last year and Paul was very concerned about Christians eating food that was sacrificed to idols? Remember that? And so during this time period, they didn't have supermarkets, okay? They, 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 they didn't have supermarkets, right? All of their food was slaughtered fresh. But where was it slaughtered? In the temple, in the pagan temples. So they would offer up these, these animal sacrifices to these false gods, and then they would say, come eat with us. And what did Christians do? No, I just, I can't do that. Okay. So Christians became to um, be seen as rude, right? discourteous. Come on over, don't you want to eat with us? No, I'm, I'm fine. Right? They stuck to themselves. They said they became to be seen as rude, discourteous, prudish. Look at those people. They never want to have fun. Christians also stayed away from other social events like the gladiator tournaments. You know, we're talking about Rome, <laughs> okay. Roman society. So if you had someone who was a slave or someone who was a prisoner of war, they will be put in either the Colosseum 
or in different amphitheaters, and they would have to fight to the death in front of crowds of people. And while everybody's cheering them on, go, 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 go. And guess who is the only people that says, you know, that's not morally right. We probably shouldn't attend those kind of events. Strike two. You guys are always telling us <laughs> the stuff that we like to do, we can't do. Number three, Christians also had trouble making a living because doing certain jobs violated their consciences. Masons might have to build walls in pagan temples. Tailors might have to make robes for pagan priests in their ceremonies. Teachers had to use textbooks that taught ancient stories about the gods, and they had to teach children how to observe the religious festivals during the pagan year. Bless you. Even working in hospitals with the sick became problematic because as people would lay sick, the pagan priests would march up and down the aisles chanting to their gods. And so Christians had trouble making a living. Kind of like, you know, if you decide not to make certain cakes for certain weddings, you know, they think you kind of off or crazy. Christians ran into trouble because they opposed slavery, which was a big practice in Roman society. Christians ran into trouble because they opposed abortion and the practice of leaving unwanted babies in the woods to be eaten by animals or to be captured in the slave trade. You don't want that child? Just put them in the woods. An animal will take care of them. Husbands had the right to force their wives to um, have abortions if they did not want the child. Christians are like, these practices are not really biblical or godly. Christians ran into trouble for their views on sex and the sanctity of marriage. It was legal for husbands to sleep with as many women as they want, and the wives couldn't do anything about it. And Christians were like, you know, that's probably not right. God made us to have one wife. And to be faithful to her. And probably the husband's like, you know, these Christians, though, we really got to, <laughs> we got to do something about these people. <laughs> so within 30 years of Jesus' death, in A.D. 64, Rome caught on fire and 60 to 80 percent of the city was burned. And people believe that the emperor Nero is the one who actually set the fire, right? Now, they became angry at him. And he had to get the anger off of him. So he needed a scapegoat. Who did he blame it on? Do you know those people over there that don't like us, that hate our society? They probably burned the city. And what did people do? You know what? They probably did. They probably burned our city down. And it is at this time that the first Roman persecution began. Many Christians were arrested. Some of them were crucified. Some of them were sewn up in the skins of animals, so say like a deer, right? They would, they would kill the animal, sew the Christians inside of them, and throw them to wild dogs. And when nightfall came, they would burn Christians at the stake as candles in Nero's garden. And he would ride the citizens around on his chariot watching the Christians burn. At the same time, Peter and Paul were killed. Now, this sets the context for, for Peter's letters, right? Because he writes First and Second Peter. We know when he finishes his second letter, he's killed. So at this time, Peter and Paul are killed. We know that Peter is crucified upside down because he felt he was not worthy to be crucified like Jesus. Remember, Jesus told him, when you're old, they will lead you where you will not want to go and you will die, right? Symbolizing the death that he would, he would suffer. He would be crucified. But he didn't feel he should be crucified right side up like Jesus. So he asked, could he be crucified upside down? And he was given that request. Paul was beheaded in Rome. Now I want to skip about 50 years to another bout of persecutions that Christians faced. This time it was in Asia Minor, right? This was in what we, th what we call today Turkey. And there was a Roman governor named Pliny. And 
he had a problem. So he wrote to the Roman emperor Trajan about how to fix his problem. His problem was we have a lot of Christians that are being arrested. And they're clogging up the court system <laughs> with with all of these prosecutions. And he literally says, because we still have the his writings, we don't know what they're guilty of. We just know they have to be guilty because they're Christians. And so what I have been doing, Emperor, is even though they're found not guilty, we just kill them anyway because they have to be guilty of something. What would you like us to do? And so the emperor said, they're wasting too much money seeking out finding these Christians. So leave the Christians alone unless someone um, uh, claims that they are Christians, then you can arrest them. Now, this set the stage for, for persecution for 200 years. So this is what they did. If you are, uh, if someone accuses you of being a Christian, what we need to do is arrest them. If they have done nothing wrong, you take them to the temple and you tell them, just burn incense to Caesar and say, Caesar is Lord and you're free to go. If they comply, let them go about their way happily. If they refuse to do it, what do you do? You got to kill them. Now, we're not killing you because you're a Christian, right? We're not killing you because you're a Christian. We're killing you because you disobeyed the government. You're disloyal politically. So we have to kill you. It was a political test. If Christians complied, he or she was deemed politically loyal and was free to go. If they did not, they were to be executed. They did not kill them because of being a Christian, but because of their political disloyalty. And this law was not repealed until the 300s. So for 200 years, every single time a Christian ran afoul of the government or, pol or, uh, or culture, you're making too much of a fuss in our city. Uh, officer, we have a Christian over here. And they would just lock them up. You're evangelizing too many people. So the people who are making the gods for the temples are losing money. Oh, we got to get rid of these people. We got some Christians over here. <laughs> and they would just lock them up, offer some incense, pray to the, um, to the emperor. If not, we'll just kill you. And tons of Christians were killed because of this. Now, I'm, I'm going to skip to the year 250. I'm almost done. Skip to the year 250. Okay. Oh, one great story. I didn't have this on my notes, but it's, it's like, man, I wish I would have this kind of boldness. There was, a, there was a bishop named Papias, right? Not Papaya. Okay. Papias. And he was actually a disciple of the apostle John. Okay, so Jesus discipled John, John discipled this man. And so um, because he was a Christian, they were starting trouble in the city, I guess they were evangelizing too much. And, and so they, they wanted to kill some, some people and the crowd was shouting, bring us papayas, bring us papayas. So they, they bring him in. And so they say, listen, we need you to recant. We need you to denounce Jesus. And he says, 86 years I have served him and he's never done me wrong. How can I deny my Lord and King? They say, well, if you don't deny, your, um, uh, deny Jesus, we will throw you to the beast. Now he's 80 something years old. He says, bring on the beast. <laughs> and they say, well, if you aren't afraid of the beast, we'll, we'll, we'll burn you. We'll set you on fire. And he says, the fire that you have only burns for a moment. You forget about the fire of hell that burns forever. And they burned him alive. But he never denied Jesus. And it's story after story after story where they would not deny Jesus. And because of this, the good thing about it is, is that because they, they stood firm, Christianity exploded. You, they thought, well, we got to stamp them out. But it's like the more people, the more people they kill, people are like, wow, those, I, 
I want to be like those people. Until by 312, they had taken over the empire. Now, in 250, this is uh, one of the last uh, persecutions that, that started uh, for, um, for Christians. It was particularly bad because uh, this emperor named Decius, uh, he wanted to uh, restore the power of Rome. Okay, so we know that Rome was, was, was in danger of collapse, right? Um, because all of the, the, the different nations, the, the Germanic tra tribes were coming down from, um, from um, northern parts of Europe. And so they were trying to hold off these nations. And so they were wondering, well, how do we restore Rome to its, its former glory? And so uh, the Roman, the, the emperors came in and they said, well, the problem is that we have turned away from all of our old gods. If we would turn back to our old gods, they would support us and we will be strong again. But there's one group of people in the way. They're the reason why people are no longer worshiping the old gods. And guess what those people were? And so, two years before his death, it's funny as you read the textbooks, they were like, he died suddenly. <laughs> it's like he was trying to wipe him out and he just died suddenly. And then his successor took over and tried and he died suddenly a year later as well. It's like, man, God be killing people suddenly, don't he? Yeah. So he comes in and he requires all nations to worship the old gods. Once a year, just do it one time, go to a temple, sacrifice to the old Roman gods. Okay. And when you worship and sacrifice to this god, when you leave the temple, we're going to give you a certificate, a passport, if you will. And, he <laughs> and, and this certificate is good so that as you go around the city, you show the, 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 the uh, government officials, and they know you have complied with the government. If you do not have one of these certificates, <laughs> you're, in tr you're in trouble. Now, it's funny because this event actually set up events that would take place that would uh would affect christian doctrine for a thousand years okay with with um saint augustine um so so here <laughs> uh christians did three things number one you had a group of christian that was just like listen well we just gotta go make sacrifices and, and they rushed they're like what i got burned i need a goat i need a sheep what i need <laughs> okay and they quickly ran and they burnt their offering and they was like look give my certificate the second group of people, they ran to the crooked government officials and got fake ones. <laughs> I was like, nothing has changed in 2,000 years. <laughs> oh, you got one of them fake passports? <laughs> and number three, you had some people said, I will not comply. And because of this, you had countless Christians who were imprisoned, who were tortured, and who were executed. This, it would not be for another 72 years that persecution would stop for Christians. To the year 312, when Constantine became emperor. Now, I go through all of this, setting up for uh, for, for all of us, these things, right? For what reason, right? Just so I could bore you with uh, history from 2,000 uh, uh, 2, years ago, okay? That's not why I'm uh, bringing this up. I'm bringing this up so that we could see that persecutions for Christians has always been about politics and culture. Always been about politics and culture. Governments want political loyalty. They want political loyalty. And they will demand that you parrot their approved talking points, <laughs> right, in order to prove that you are loyal. Now, again, that is on the left and that is on the right, okay? Don't, don't get me confused, like, oh, here he go again. No, that is on the left and on the right. There are approved talking points that you are to parrot in order to be in our good graces, 
Okay. Now, the sad thing is about you, you had to figure out every four years which is the approved talking points. Okay. It's like, oh, which which talking point are we on this year? We're like, oh, we on the right talking points or we on the left talking points? <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. We oftentimes have to parrot ideas like, and these are everything I'm about to say is is a religious viewpoint. Okay. We think it's political. This is a religious point viewpoint. You know how we know it's religious? Because it makes no sense, but you must believe it or you're going to get in trouble. Okay. We have to we have to believe in 2021 that men can have babies. You cannot question that belief. You cannot question it. I questioned it, and I was almost beat up <laughs> on Facebook. <laughs> okay. Marriage can be between any two consenting adults. You must believe this or... You will not be allowed to have, uh, you know, a certain type of lifestyle. You must believe that, depending on, your, on, on what side, that everything is white supremacy or nothing is white supremacy. There's only the two options. Either everything is white supremacy or nothing is white supremacy. Now, if you're over here and you say nothing is white supremacy, they're going to cancel you. If you're over here and you say everything is white supremacy, they're going to cancel you. Either way, you cancel. Either way, you cancel. Okay. The issue is compliance. Compliance. You will comply or there is going to be a consequence. Now, we have to keep this in context because <laughs> what we have learned for 2,000 years is that the reason that Christians are usually the only ones that are persecuted is because they will not comply. We, ju we just won't comply, right? We're, uh, oh, well, and let me say, until recently, until recently, we just don't comply. We're, we're, we're always the, like the sore thumb that's, that's sticking out. Okay. And what we have to keep in mind is that Christians, whether it is the issue of abortion or, you know, wayward sexual practices, uh, wayward marital practices, slavery, all of these things, Christians have always stood on the side where we will not devalue human life. Okay. Now, we do have pockets of history where, you know, we lost our minds. Or we'll, we will say that, okay? But, um, but that still was a, a minority uh, of, of, of the church. But the, the point that we have to see, and I want to bring this home um, because we will see this repeatedly throughout First Peter. Peter is addressing Christian suffering. Right? He's addressing Christian suffering. He looks at all suffering in light of Christian suffering. Now, some of the things that Peter is going to say, we're not going to be comfortable with. He's going to say, wives, if your husband does not obey the Lord, you still follow them and be, and be quiet. Don't nag. Do it qui quietly. He's going to he's going to say in a section we not we're not going to be comfortable with. He's going to say that if you are a slave and you are are beaten, make sure that you're beaten because you're doing the right thing and not the wrong thing. And we're going to say, why are we supporting something like this in 2021? We're going to have to wrestle with what, what Peter says in these, in these passages. Peter is going to, to help us to see that whatever suffering we find ourselves in, and this is going to, I think this is the theme that, that, that runs through this passage on, on marriage or the passage on slavery or whatever. The, the point is, 
you don't have control over getting yourself out of your suffering. So the only thing that you can do is glorify God in it. So we're going to wrestle with what Peter is saying. And I know that uh, this is a, is something that that we tend to not want to look at. Um, but as we watch the news, one of the things that we have to we have to be honest about is Christian persecution is coming to America. It has been happening around the world for 2000 years and and it has been 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 creeping into western societies. It's in it's in Canada right now. Oh, you preaching certain passages of the Bible that the government doesn't like. You going to jail. You can't preach. You can't preach those passages. We don't approve those messages. I saw I read an article last night and night before last as a pastor who was arrested and the judge gave him a script and said, every time you get up on Sunday, you have to read this to your congregation. <laughs> he was like, I will not comply. <laughs> Literally, I'm just like, he don't want to get out. <laughs> he don't want to get out of jail. But he said, nope, 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 my pulpit belongs to the Lord. I will not read that. He's like, you do know that this is a, a part of your um, probation. He's like, I will not comply. <laughs> the judge let him go anyway. He was like, he's like, he wants me to lock him up. So I'm going to just, I'm going to just, just get out of my courtroom. <laughs> <laughs> just get out of my courtroom. <laughs> yeah, I'm like Steve Urkel, I'm weighing you down. He's like, God, 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 do it. God, we're going to weigh you down. We're going to weigh you down. <laughs> We often think that America is a special case. That for some reason, because of our uh, history as a Christian nation, so-called Christian nation, that somehow we are going to be exempt from all of the things that all of our brothers and sisters around the world have faced. But it's not true. It's not true. We don't know what form Christian persecution will come to America. But it, it's, it's going to come. Literally, just go and Google the confirmation hearings just over the last four years and see how many of the people that are being confirmed to permanent government positions are saying, we don't believe that Christians should have the freedom that they have. I mean, they, they don't even, they don't even, like, when they're questioned about it, you know, Congress, before they have to, you know, the Senate has to confirm them, they're like, well, you know, you said this about Christians, and they're like, yeah, I said that, you know, but, you know, it's because of that. They don't even, it's, it's not, uh, they don't even hide it anymore. They don't even have to not say it out loud, you know. Um, it is coming, and it is our responsibility to be prepared. Right. Now, the reason that we have to be prepared, right, just roll it, roll it back, and, I, and I'm, I'm finished. Just 30 seconds. Think of it this way. I watched literally about two weeks ago, I think it was, I watched the confirmation hearing of, uh, of a judge that was, uh, I'm, I'm President Biden just nominated this, this woman to the federal bench. I forget. Uh, it must be for, like, California, like the West Coast. And so um, she was the judge during the pandemic that ruled that churches – should not be allowed to open, but you can go to the strip club. Now, her opinion was that, that we cannot trust that the people in church will socially distance and wear masks because, you know, they're doing a lot of singing and talking and stuff like that. So, so we have to restrict them, but we can believe that the people that go to the strip club and stuff, they will comply with the law. I'm not making this up. You can Google her opinion. And they asked her about this ruling in her confirmation hearings just a couple weeks ago. And she said, well, I understand that the Supreme Court overruled my decision, but I was just trying to follow the best advice we had at the time. 
that you can't go to church, but you can go to the strip club. And one of the senators, and there's no social distancing. Right? And one of the senators, she was like, well, you know, it's such a, he was like, was it at the strip club? <laughs> like, like you, it's like trying to get you to think that you're safer from a virus at the strip club. <laughs> Not just the corona. Okay. Right. You're safer at the strip club. You're safe at the strip club than at church. And 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 there's no th- there's no rolling back the mentality. It's not like no, I don't think I was wrong. I don't think that was wrong. I think that was right. I was following the 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 best advice we had at the time. And and and, and for this, she gets a promotion so that she could affect even more courts. So, we can stick our heads in the sand and say, ah, I don't believe that. We can be like, uh, over, uh, you know, for the last couple of weeks, people like, but Jesus is going to come back first, right? <laughs> so we ain't even got to worry about it. And I'm like, you know, Jesus could come at any moment. I think Jesus is coming back very soon. But you know what? I, over the last couple of weeks, I've just been changing my mind. You know, I think, I think we're going to have to eat this one. I do. I think Jesus. I don't think Jesus is going to exempt us when every other country in the world, Christians are being persecuted. I don't, why would he exempt us? So, my job is to prepare us by taking a hard look at reality in light of Scripture. What we will see in 1 Peter is that God, by his grace, allows us to go through struggles and lesser types of persecution in order to build our spiritual muscles. So if and when real persecution comes, we don't deny Jesus. That is always the temptation for us. Just do this. Like, okay, let me get either make the sacrifice or get me a fake passport. (laughs) Just comply. I don't want to lose my job. Just comply. You know, we we got miles to feed. So we either say nothing. Sometimes we even just flat out deny him. It's just, I mean, it's just something small. You know, what's your preferred pronoun? I prefer to be called they. Right, it take a minute to get there, right? <laughs> For some of us, this may have gone completely over your heads. And you're just like, I don't like history. Keep boring me, okay? For some of us, it has gone completely over our heads because we already know that we're going to make the sacrifice and get on with it. And then just confess our sins because he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. Some of us, we're going to get a fake passport. Right. I'm just using that term. I'm not talking about the vaccine. They'd be like, see, he's talking about the vaccine. I'm just using this as an, exa- as an example. Right. It's just like we just we just going to we're not going to do it. But it's just like I'm going to slide somebody a couple dollars, to, you know, <laughs> Try to you know get out of this, okay? Mm-hmm. Like you're like, yeah, we're just gonna skip First Peter because you know this is just you know, we don't like suffering. We we don't like suffering, and so we're willing to give in and do anything that is required of us so that we don't have to suffer. Then there's gonna be some some of us that are gonna be willing to go through um through the the suffering. Some of us uh, too easily be like me. You had literally you had Christians that 
that wanted to be martyred. You had some people who would literally go to them like, I'm a Christian. <laughs> literally, the Bishop of Carthage had to tell people, stop going and offering yourself as a Christian to the government. He's like, he's like you're not supposed to try to get killed. Okay. You know, we got fanatics everywhere. But, but you know, just get over with, you know. He's like, because, because martyrs gained a very high status in the church. Remember, we're, we're, we're forming our doctrines so that within 200, two or 300 years of this time, the, the, the Catholic Church forms and they start praying to the saints, those who have been martyred for their faith, right? So, so, the, the, so, the, so, the, so these people who are dying as Christian martyrs have an elevated status in the church. They're like, well, I want to be one of them. <laughs> He's like, all you got to do is get killed. All right, sign me up. <laughs> okay? You get, we got fanatics everywhere, okay? But the, the, what I'm trying to get us to see is we don't know if who or if God is going to call us to suffering. But what we do know is that all of us are, are have the small sufferings in our lives. And we have to allow those small sufferings, whether it's in marriage, right? First Peter chapter 3. Okay? <laughs> right? Whether it is in, in employment, okay, where he says, you know, if you are beaten for, you know, a, a, if you're beaten, make sure it's for the right reasons, not for the wrong reasons. reasons okay, well, let's, let's, let, let's equate that with employment, okay. We're going to go through different types of sufferings in our lives. We need to learn how to struggle well so that these sufferings, can build us and prepare us so that if God ever asks us to be the ones to suffer, we don't deny him because he did not deny us. Now, the last thing I want to just say about this is um, we have hope. A lot of times when people talk about Christian suffering, right, they be like, oh, I might lose my job. Oh, I might die for Jesus. And we get scared. Listen, there's a there is a history that we can look at. We won. <laughs> right. Right. Of, 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 of the thousands or millions or however many Christians that were killed over the over the over the years. I think Voices of the Martyrs estimates about one hundred and sixty five thousand Christians are killed every single year somewhere in the world. Yeah, you don't hear about it. Right. Go to Voices of the Martyrs. Right. Go to their website. They keep track of, of these things. So about 165,000 Christians are killed every single year, right, around the world. But in spite of all of that, we're still here. Anybody ever heard of Decius before? Trajan? Pliny? Any of the people I named that, were, that, that took it upon themselves to say they were going to stamp out Christianity? Anybody ever heard of those people? Never heard of them. Anybody ever heard of the church? <laughs> We're still here. We won. And the good thing about it is that we will win because we serve the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is already victorious, and that's why Paul says we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. So even if we die, we still win. And I want us to keep these things in the forefront of our minds as we work our way through First Peter. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this time of being able to take a run through history. We could have touched on so many other persecutions over the last 2,000 years, but Lord, the point is that you told us that if we belong to you, the world will hate us. The world will hate us because we don't belong to them. And if they hated you, they will also hate us. So we should not be surprised. Lord, I pray that you would help us to not long for persecution or even look for persecution, but to be prepared if it ever does come in our lifetime. We don't know if it will. We pray, Lord, that you would help us as we work our way through 1 Peter as we walk our way through the different passages of this letter, that you would help us to see the areas of our lives where 
you are putting us through struggles and through pain, knowing that it is not your desire for us to just hurt, but it is your desire for us to grow and be like your son. Help us to be like Jesus. The author of Hebrews, Paul says that, that Jesus through suffering learned obedience. Help us to know that we are no better than Jesus, that if he had to suffer in order to learn obedience, then we have to go through the same thing. Jesus, you said that no servant is above his master. If you suffered, we will also have to suffer. But I pray, Lord, that you would help us to be found faithful. That if we ever have to stand on our faith in you, that we will stand firm and not deny you because you did not deny us and you will not deny us. I pray, Lord, that you would continue to strengthen us and grow us and develop us so that we could continue to be a force for you in this world. So that just like all of the Christians that have have been persecuted, it has been said that the blood of the saints is the seed of the church. The more we are persecuted, the more the gospel spreads and the more people come in to a relationship with you. We even pray for our brothers and sisters around the world who are not as lucky as we are, who are being persecuted and killed all day long. We pray for their safety. We pray even, Lord, that you would touch the people who are persecuting them and that you would bring them to Christ just like you did for Paul. Bring them to salvation. Bring them to the truth, helping them to see that we're not their enemies. We're trying to give them the truth so they can also be saved. And Lord, we look forward to the day when you will come back and you will return and you will save us from this evil world. And we will be with you forever and forever and forever in eternity. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. All right.